Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. Um, I'm your host, Cassidy Lynn, and this is going to be a good episode. Thank you guys so much for being here, for listening. Yeah, um, if you don't know, I am batch recording episodes right now because me and Charlie are on a cross-country road trip. And yeah, so I'm recording this from my house, but I'm probably not at my house right now. Today's episode, we are talking about becoming a photography educator and getting into photography education. Recently, I've been focusing a lot on just photography stuff, like teaching you guys how to do photography, but I also am an educator. So I kind of wanted to teach you guys how to be an educator at the same time. So this will be just a little bit of a different type of topic. We don't usually like talk about this topic too much, but I'm excited because I think a lot of you could learn some good things. And I know I do get questions a lot about becoming an educator, surprisingly. Um, And to be honest, I didn't really ever feel like it was something that people would want to know about. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's not something that's super interesting. But apparently it is because I get a lot of questions about this. So we're going to talk about what it looked like for me to get into photography education And just a few things that I learned along the way, things that might be helpful for you. So um, I, before we jump into all of this (laughs) talk about photography education, I wanted to share with you guys a few recommendations. Um, I personally love when people give recommendations of like their favorite things that they're currently into or just like their favorite stuff. So that's what I want to do for you today. I wanted to share a few of my favorite podcasts. I've shared this on my Instagram before, but I I don't know. I just wanted to share it here too because this is a podcast. These podcasts I've been listening to for quite a while. So I know they have good content because I've literally been listening to like every single episode that they have. So the first couple of podcasts are crime podcasts, like true crime. Um, I am really big into true crime. I just think true crime is really interesting. Um, I'll be over here editing and, you know, listening to true crime while I'm editing wonderful wedding photos. So, um, my first true crime recommendation podcast is murder with my husband. This podcast is relatively new. Um, I started listening to it, I would say a couple months ago, but I literally love this podcast. Like it's so good. Um, and I think what I like about it is the fact that it's like, it's not like your average crime podcast where it's like they talk about random stuff for forever. Like they just get down to the facts and it's still like entertaining though. It doesn't feel like you're listening to someone spew off a bunch of facts the whole time. Um, so I, I just really, I like this podcast a lot and I think um, because it's relatively newer too, um, it just adds like a fresh taste to your mouth because there's a lot of true crime podcasts out there. Um, and I really like this one. Um, And then obviously this is like a huge one that a lot of people listen to, um, Crime Junkie. 
I love Crime Junkie. I've been listening to their podcast literally for like a year or two. I've listened to all of them at this point. I just wait for new episodes to come out every Monday or whatever it is. So Crime Junkie, that's a great podcast. Um, Morbid is another true crime podcast. Um, Morbid is a little bit longer in length. So if I like have a long drive, I like to listen to Morbid. They also have more episodes on Morbid. They have like I think over 200 episodes, which I can appreciate because I'm a person that likes to binge episodes. So those are my three true crime recommendations. Then just like fun lifestyle, like kind of like girl podcasts, obviously the what we said podcast, everyone loves that podcast. There's a good reason because it's a really good podcast. Um, so I've been listening to this for, I would say a couple of months at this point too. Um, and it's just like so entertaining and just like, yeah, you really feel like, you know, the host. So I love that podcast a lot. If you want something just kind of like lighthearted to listen to, I definitely would recommend that. Um, I just started listening to girly Popcast, which is a super new podcast. She only has like two episodes out, but so far it's good. Um, you can literally like look up girly Popcast on Spotify. I don't know, like because she only has two episodes out, I can't like 100% be like, yes, this is the, pod- the best podcast ever, but I can't say that so far I've liked it. Um, and then when it comes to business podcasts, um, I just have one recommendation for this because I don't really listen to a ton of business podcasts, but um, this podcast called My First Million. I really like this podcast. It's very like, um, you know, you kind of have to get your business thinking cap on when you listen to this, but I really like it. And yeah, it's it's just a good podcast to kind of get me thinking, especially when I'm working. I like to listen to this podcast um, if I'm kind of like, off duty and my brain's checked out. I won't, but, um, yeah, it's a really good podcast. So go check it out. All right. So we are now going to jump into a little bit on photography education, talk about how I got into it. Um, sorry, I'm also sniffling. I don't know. My nose has been running like (laughs) all day, so I'm going to try not to sniffle through this episode. So I wanted to start by telling you guys how I got started in, um, photography education. And I do kind of think that my story is a little bit different than most people. Um, it's, it's similar to some people, but it's like different in other ways. Um, and I'll kind of explain what I mean about that. (laughs) If you're watching like this on YouTube, I'm sorry if I like am wiping my nose the whole time. I don't know what is happening to me right now, but my nose is just running. (laughs) It's fine. So, um, I started my business around the same time that I began educating. And I'll kind of explain what I mean by that. Um, So when I first started photography, if you don't know my photography story, that's in episode one of this podcast. Um, But basically, I started working at a nonprofit um, and I started working as their photographer. I had basically like one year of photography experience, but honestly, like I was not very good. Um, so I started working at this nonprofit and while I was working and taking their photos, I also was training a team of college students from the college. The nonprofit was at the college. Um, and so I would train like a handful of students to be on my photography team and teach them how to take photos. So when I say I started my business at the same time that I started educating, I really mean that because I started 
educating people while I was still learning myself. I was teaching people how to do photography while I was also trying to figure out how to do photography. So um, I had three teams of four students every year. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's a complete lie. I had three teams total. I was there for three years and every year I would have a team of four. So in total, I trained 12 students over the course of three years. Um, There was basically... I would say like a good mix of like intermediate experienced people and then like beginners. So I would have some people on my team who were, you know, decently experienced and knew how to work a camera and stuff. And then I would have other people with little to no experience. Um, So I basically would take all of those students collectively and teach them how to use a camera. And a lot of it was just like, shooting alongside of my students and like just showing up at events with them and helping them learn while I was there shooting with them. Um, and I want you to remember that my first year doing this was literally a year after the first time I picked up a camera. (laughs) Um, so I picked up a camera in like 2016, the end of 2016. And I started training students at the end of 2017. So it really was just like, I was just jumping right into it. Um, so it was definitely challenging, but I don't think a lot of people get that type of educating experience, um, right away when they start photography. So I, I did kind of jump into education right as I was jumping into photography itself. Um, with my students, I would meet up with them and I would do like critiques on their work. So, you know, every, I would say like, twice in a school year we would kind of review all of their work so far and just see like how they can improve and just like what they need to work on um and obviously tell them things that they're doing well um so I would always like shoot with them and um you know I was creating presentations for them on how they could learn and yeah I mean there were weekends where we would shoot like um they had like an all weekend like camp event and it was like multiple weeks out of the year or not out of the year, but multiple weeks, like in the winter. So it would be like a three-day stretch of us, like shooting, (laughs) shooting, starting at like 10 a.m., literally shooting until midnight and then editing until 3 a.m. And then you wake up and then you do the same thing for three days in a row. So, um, and your turnaround time for those photos had to be like, you had to have them done by the end of the weekend. So yeah, it was a pretty intense situation for, the students, but also for me, but you know, when you're put into these high pressure situations, you learn a lot and it just, um, it fosters like a really, (laughs) just like a really good environment to grow. You, a lot of pressure was put on you, but it's, it's almost like good pressure. Um, I hate to be cheesy, but like thinking about like a diamond being put under pressure, like that's how a diamond becomes a diamond. Um, at least I think that's how a diamond because it becomes a diamond. If it doesn't, then just completely ignore that sentence. So while I was doing all of this, so while I was working for the nonprofit as a photographer, training students to be on my team, at the same time, I had my side photo business. So um, I had my personal business that I was doing portraits and weddings and couples. I was mostly doing weddings, so I would work at the nonprofit during the week um, for most of the year, um, I, I did mention there were a few weekends I would have to work, but for the most part, it was like during the week. And then, um, on the weekends I would go and shoot weddings, especially during the summer. So, um, 
weekdays was nonprofit work and weekends was when I would shoot for my personal stuff. And like I said, I did this for three years. Um, and while I was doing this, I, I loved my job, but I did feel like I got to a point where I started outgrowing it a little bit and I really wanted to keep working on my photo business, like my wedding photo business. Um, and I think that's usually a good sign that um, you might want to think about transitioning to full-time is if you just feel like you've outgrown what you're currently doing. So um, I wanted basically to transition to full-time at this point. And when I started thinking about transitioning to full-time wedding photography, um, I had a student at the nonprofit um, who was on my team and I basically had her kind of lead my team and I trained her kind of to train the students. So um, in my third year doing this, um, these teams of photography students, my third year, I had a student who was trained enough to then go and train other students. So then I wasn't doing as much with managing the team. And at that point, that was when I asked to do um, 20 hours at my nonprofit job instead of 40 hours. And um, I asked if I could do 20 hours so I could kind of like try out what it would feel like being a full-time photographer. So I did this as a trial period um, for my full-time business. Um, I just wanted to see if I even liked being full-time, if I was going to be able to stay on task and stuff, because honestly, <laughs> staying on task can be hard sometimes. So I was like, I just want to see if I can do this. Um, and I also wanted to see how well I could work without having a boss too, because, you know, for at this point in my life, I basically had had a boss my whole life. I've never, you know, had like none of my life and my work was up to me at this point. It was always like determined by someone else. Um, so I just wanted to see like, how, how is this going to work without a boss? So, um, I basically, the moral of the story, obviously I loved being full-time. I loved working at home and being my own boss. So I made the transition to being a full-time photographer, um, self-employed full-time photographer a, a few weeks later. Um, so at this point I was being super efficient in my work. Um, it was also the end of busy season. So September of 2020 is when I went full-time with my photography business and basically busy season was ending and I just, you know, there's not as much to do at the end of the year versus like in the middle of the summer. So because I was being super efficient and, um, I, you know, was getting all my editing done, you know, I, for me, like when it comes October, November, basically all of my editing is done. And then I have until like April when I have my next wedding. So I had a lot of time on my hands and, um, I, because of this had time to mess around with passion projects and just things that I wanted to experiment with. So um, now this is when my photography education passion pod project enters because this was really when I started focusing on photography education, not focusing on it, but like honestly just dabbling in it, just seeing like, okay, what would this be like if I did some sort of photography education? So I did always know that I liked teaching photographers. That's something that I really loved about my job at the nonprofit was just the fact that I was able to shoot, but at the same time I was able to teach people how to shoot. And I, all of that, I just really loved. Um, so 
at this point, I was like, okay, it's, you know, October, November. Um, I want to start teaching people. Maybe I can like start a YouTube channel. So I actually posted on my Instagram and did a story poll and was like, um, if I started a YouTube channel, like, would you watch it? Whatever. Um, and you know, I got some responses, but my sister actually told me that I should try out TikTok instead. Um, she just explained that it would probably be easier because the videos are shorter. Um, and I 100% agreed with her. I was like, yeah, they would be a lot easier than making these huge long YouTube videos that maybe nobody's even going to watch, but TikTok is really growing. So like, maybe I could focus on TikTok. So Basically, I started posting educational videos to TikTok. Um, I can say without a doubt in my mind that my first like 50 educational videos are just truly cringe. Like, and that's just kind of how it starts because, you know, I'm, I was getting minimal views, but I was just posting because that's what I like to post. And I just wanted to educate whoever was following me. So, so um, yeah, the first videos that I've posted, the educational videos, they're just, yeah, they're not anything to write home about. Um, but the, the videos, they were nothing crazy, just like very simple stuff that I thought people would want to know. Um, and for me, TikTok was really the only place that I was educating for a really long time. Um, you know, my personal Instagram, I guess it was my business Instagram, but I didn't really do any educating on my Instagram. I just kind of kept that world on TikTok. And I think looking back, I probably would have changed that. And I would have tried to do it across all platforms when I started because, I mean, now I do I do a lot of educating on my Instagram. But um, yeah, I just kind of feel like it would have been a little bit easier to transition um, some of that audience from TikTok over to Instagram if I was like, posting educational content on Instagram right away. That's just a little side note. So um, on my TikToks, I would get a few comments asking like, do you have presets or do you have a course or um, I want to learn more for you, from you, whatever. Um, and it got me thinking, like truly, it, it made me think like, um, if I'm going to start posting this type of content, if, I, if I'm going to be educating people, um, like what's the point? Like, at the end of the day, what's the point in me doing this? I want to educate photographers because I want them to be better photographers. So that's kind of my goal. But in creating all of this educational content, if people want to learn more from me, where can they do that? Right now, you know, at that point, they couldn't, they couldn't do that. They couldn't keep learning from me in other places. So I thought to myself, okay, if I'm going to post this type of content, I want something that they can purchase or download if they do want more from me. Obviously, like if people just want the free content from me, great. They can just stay on TikTok and, you know, learn from me there. But if people do want to go beyond that and keep learning, I want to create like a shop or some sort of product, honestly, just to help pay for my time too. Because, you know, at this point I started to, you know, get into February, March, and that's, that's when <laughs> I started to you know, get busy again. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to keep educating on TikTok, I need some sort of payout or like something to make it worth my time at least. So the first thing that I did was I created free guides. So just PDF downloads, nothing fancy, but just like free guides that I feel like would be helpful for people. I just wanted to answer questions that people would have. So, um, yeah, that was the first thing that I did. 
and I did one free guide. And then over the course of like a couple months, I had two other free guides released. Those are literally still available. If you want to download them, they're on my shop site. Um, so after creating those free guides, um, I created just like normal guides. Like I created a few video guides. I think there were three, three video guides. Um, and if I'm going to be honest there, they weren't the highest of quality, but, um, they were just, you know, things that I wanted to educate people on and just, you know, have content there and ready. They weren't overly expensive because I, I knew that my content could be better. Um, so it just was like, I wanted something in my shop that people could purchase. Um, so I had three kind of like video guides available. Um, so I think my timeline's off a little bit because I don't think that that was in February, January. That definitely was like in October, I think October, November, because, um, I did experience a black Friday and I did black Friday basically right when my full-time photography business started. I also did like a black Friday sale type of thing. Um, and somehow on black Friday, I did like a thousand or $2,000 in sales. Um, my, I want you to know, like my video guides were like $30 or something. So the fact that I got so many sales, I was just like, whoa, like what in the world? Like how, how am I getting these sales? Um, and I, I do also want to note that as I started posting more on TikTok, um, my following did start to grow. Um, and that's also when I started to see growth on Instagram too. So it's all kind of happening at once. Like as I'm growing my photography education business and as I'm growing on TikTok, my Instagram's also growing. And um, I do think that that's a reason I got a good amount of sales on my very first Black Friday because, you know, I had people looking forward to my content and like people who wanted to learn from me on TikTok. Um, so yeah, somehow I did good on black Friday. Um, and a big thing for me was I wanted to push people from my TikTok to other platforms. So, um, I, I found that TikTok was a really good place to find people and to just let people know, like I'm, I'm doing photography education. Here's my tips. Here's, here's what I want you to know. But I wanted to push those people to other platforms as well, because, you know, stories for me on Instagram, like that's a big part of my business. So, um, the fact that I can't do stories on TikTok, like, yeah, it's hard. Um, and I, I wanted to be able to have like that audience on Instagram as well. So, um, a big thing for me was pushing people to my Instagram so I could then use stories to communicate or just create like a good brand connection with my audience. So, um, all the while that I'm doing this through my free guides, I'm getting email lists and I'm getting emails from people so that if I ever do want to launch something in my photography education business, I can email them and I don't have to rely just on stories, um, or just on TikTok. Like I can just have email to reach all of my audience, you know, all the people that have ever wanted to hear from me. So, um, yeah, that's what I was doing with creating the free guides. That's kind of the goal in doing that is getting people's emails and just like some of their contact info so you can reach out to them, um, with, you know, just more educational content or more, um, you know, if you launch something or whatever. So, um, at this point, 
um, this, this was in December of 2020. I'm pretty sure because, um, I launched my first course. It was called find your following. And this course I launched basically the same exact time that me and Charlie were moving from New York to Michigan. And I remember it because my sister and my mom were in town helping me pack and I launched it like in the morning and they were helping me pack cause we were leaving the next day. And I, um, the launch of this course, I just was blown away by the response I got. I got literally like the amount of sales. I was just like, how, like how, like, I just truly did not understand. Um, I don't remember the exact number of how much I made from that. I mean, obviously I don't think, I don't think, you know, I'm not, I wasn't making like, Oh, like a hundred thousand dollars from this course. Like, no, it was like a couple thousand dollars, but I was just like, wow. Like just overwhelmed by the response of like, wow, people actually want to learn from me and they actually want to hear what I have to say about these topics. Like it was just crazy for me. So for me, this course, I focus largely on Instagram marketing because I was doing a lot of marketing on Instagram and I felt like I had a lot of knowledge to share. So I wanted to create a course for photographers to learn how to use Instagram. This course actually still is available if you want to get it. Um, it's on my shop, but, um, yeah, it's just, just creating your first course. It was just such a cool experience. And I, I loved just the whole process of creating the content and marketing it and just, yeah, it was just really cool. So because this course was a huge hit, honestly, from there, I had this mindset of like, okay, I want to do weddings, but I want to equally do photography education because one, it's proving successful for me, but also I, I like it. Like, it's not like I'm just doing photography education because I can launch something and make money. It's I'm doing it because I like love it. I love teaching people and I love creating this content for people to learn and help them grow their photography and grow their business. So that's kind of the point where I was like, okay, I'm obviously going to shoot weddings. I'm a wedding photographer, but I also want to focus on photography education if I can. So, um, it's important as an educator to still be shooting, at least for me, um, I don't ever want photography education to take over my life completely because I don't think you can continue to educate and continue to teach people when you're not firsthand experiencing the same things that they are. Um, so I want to still be shooting and I want to keep shooting as often as I can um, because I know I'm going to struggle with actually giving you the knowledge that you need if I don't actually know what knowledge you need. And then I know what knowledge that you need now because I'm actively shooting and I actually shoot weddings and I shoot couples and all those, those types of things. So I, I could see my number of shoots going down so that I could focus more on photography education. But um, for now, I, I think it is so crucial for educators to still be active in what they're educating on <laughs> so that they can have the most, um, accurate information for their audience. So that's just my opinion. Um, so that's kind of where we're at now. Um, you know, I have presets now and, um, you know, I have all of these free workshops and all of these different things that I've, um, created with that 
that goal in my head of like, I just want to teach people how they can grow their business and be better at photography. So that's kind of my heart behind why I started doing photography education. So that's kind of my whole story. And now I want to talk about um, how you know, like when you're ready to start educating. Um, I actually did um, a Q&A mentorship like a couple of weeks ago. And the girl like asked me a question I've never been asked before. And she was like, first of all, how did you get into photography education? I get asked that every once in a while. And then I got asked by her, how did you know you were ready to get started? Like what, what were some of the indications that that's what you wanted to do? So, um, I first want to say that every single person has a little bit of knowledge to share with another person, um, that another person might not know. So you maybe have only shot weddings for a year. Let's say that you've shot weddings for a year in your entire photography career. You have one year more of experience than someone who's just starting photography. So don't feel like because you have, you know, you don't have 10 years or 15 years of experience that you can't go and start to teach people how to do photography or teach, you know, teach what you feel like you're really strong at in your photography. Um, remember, I started educating when I literally had only been shooting for a year. Um, and so I just was kind of thrown into it. Um, I don't necessarily think that that's like the best solution, but, um, yeah, you know, it just kind of happens. So, um, so, uh, um, another thing I wanted to say, any time can be the right time to start educating. Um, you do not have to start educating when you get, you know, X amount of experience or you shoot for this many years or, you know, you accomplish this or this. Any time is the right time to start educating. It honestly is a great form of passive income, too, if you can create sort of that credibility within um, photography education, it's a great source for you to passively make money while you also shoot weddings. So that's also something to think about. Um, a great place to start for passive income literally is HoneyBook. Like you can refer people to HoneyBook and get the HoneyBook bonus when people sign on using HoneyBook. So that's one form of passive income that honestly is pretty easy to do. And it has to do with photography education. Um, things that I've personally learned as a photography educator. Um, first, always establish yourself as an expert. That is so crucial with education in any way, shape, or form. You need to be an expert. Like people are going to trust you if you are an expert in that area. Um, whether or not you are confident, you know, like being an expert doesn't necessarily mean, like I've been saying, that you've been shooting for 15 years, but being an expert means that you're confident in it and you're confident in what you're teaching and the knowledge that you have. Um, another thing that I've learned, be sure that what you're saying is actually true. Don't go and spread all this false information because <laughs> that kind of ruins your credibility. Um, another thing, don't neglect your clients. Um, if you want to start focusing on photography education, great, good for you. Even if it's education like in any other field as well, if you want to start doing that, just remember that your clients are the people who pay your bills. Um, you do have to grow your photography education for a while. You have to just do it for free and you can't just like expect all of your passive income to start rolling in right away. But, um, you, you have to remember that your clients are a priority. And like I said, as an educator, I think it's important to keep shooting and to 
stay active in the industry because that's what kind of keeps you relevant. That's how you know what people want to hear. Um, so if you neglect your clients and you kind of like start to have a bad rep within your clients and within, you know, that sense, it can be a really tough situation to then go and try to educate people when you're not even practicing what you preach. So that's just something that um, I've learned. It can be really tempting to neglect editing because you want to just, you know, create all of this different stuff for photography education. But don't let that fool you. Like you have to prioritize your time and you have to put your time um, into little time blocks. So you can figure out, you know, I need to work on this thing for my clients today, but tomorrow I can work on education stuff or whatever. Um, another thing that um, this is just kind of like a fun little tidbit, but um, I've learned that you need to have fun with education. Um, you, you don't need to take yourself so seriously. You don't need to you know, just start being this really serious teacher, like this person that just, <laughs> I don't know, just kind of does education, but you're just like very bland about it. Like no one likes learning from a boring teacher. I want you to think back to like high school. Who were those teachers that you loved? Like who were the teachers that everyone loved? The ones that were not boring, right? Like the, the ones that had fun and made learning fun. Um, truthfully, that's what your goal should be when you're doing photography education or just educating. Um, you should want to have fun with it and just, yeah, have fun with it just because no one likes to learn from a boring teacher. Um, so that's basically all that I have for today's episode. I hope you liked hearing a little bit about my photography education story. If you guys want to learn more about photography education or just hear more about the topic, definitely DM me or email me and let me know because I would love to create more content on how to become an educator too. But I don't know if that's what you guys want to hear from me. So let me know. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you haven't already, I would love for you to rate and review the podcast. It means a lot and it helps so much with just, yeah, getting new listeners and it helps with the quality of my podcast. So thank you guys so much. And I hope everybody has a great day. Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in